Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Well, hey, why don't you guys make your way back to your seat? I love how much our church loves each other. Uh, my name is Sean. For those of you that don't know me, uh, I'm the lead pastor here, my wife and I, and it really is an honor and a privilege uh, to be here with you this morning as we kick off really not just a new, I guess, series, but kind of a new season. A couple months ago when we began praying about what God would have for us as a church, um, for those of you maybe that is here for the first time today or you knew here, we last week we were meeting in a different venue across town. Our lease was coming up and we knew that God, God would open a door for something new for us and this place is just incredible and so... Um, as they say, I'd like to echo what Jennifer said a minute ago, just if any of the KCD administration is in here, thank you. Uh, thank you for opening your doors to us. Thank you for making this beautiful space available. And I think as a church, we ought to just say thank you so much for opening this place up. It's beautiful. But I, I started praying just, okay, God, as we enter into this new, new season, what would you have for our church? And I felt this, this prompting in my spirit, this phrase, breathe again. That God was just gonna call our church and not just our church, but all those that we were interacting with to just breathe again. And so over the next four weeks, we wanna, we wanna talk about what that means. We wanna talk about what it means as a church, what it means as an individual to just, to just breathe coming out of a season where I think life has taken the breath out of a lot of people. It's time to breathe again. It's time to enter into a season where we're breathing in the fresh air of God and we're exhaling his spirit in every place we go, in every interaction we have. And so I wanna read a passage and then I'll jump into today's topic, but the passage is found in Ezekiel 37 you've been around church maybe for a little while, you've heard this passage, but it says the hand of the Lord was on me. It's Ezekiel speaking. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy, prophesy. In other words, open your mouth, speak to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Not you may, you will come to life. I'll attach tendons on you and make your flesh come upon you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you. And he repeats it like like maybe Ezekiel's not getting this the first time, right? He says, says, I'll put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling. The bones came together bone to bone and I looked and the tendons and flesh began to appear on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. 
There was movement, but there was not breath. And then he said to me, now prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and they stood up. They were no longer a valley of dry bones, but now they were a vast army. A couple more scriptures. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up. They say our hope is gone. They were in a crazy season. They were, they were in a season where through rebellion and through some things where they had kind of turned their back on God. And now God, who's a God of resurrection, is saying, I don't like to leave dead things dead. I don't like to leave things that, that think there is no hope hopeless. So this is what the sovereign Lord says to those that felt like there was no hope. He says, my people, I'm going to open up your graves. I'm going to bring them up from them. I'll bring back, I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. And then, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. When I open up your graves and I bring you up from them, I'll put my spirit in you. I'll put my breath in you, Numa. Put my breath in you. And you will live. You'll settle in your own land. And then you will know the Lord has spoken. And I have done it declares the Lord. Would you bow your heads all across this room? Let me pray for us that God would just speak to us. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for just the incredible opportunity we have to be in this house today. God, thank you for the opportunity to, to just feel your spirit already in this place. And God, as the song said earlier, we do need a fresh wind. We need just the breath of God to come from the four corners of this room and the four corners of this world and breathe on us again. And so we thank you, God. You're, you're so very good. I say you help us to get out of church today to beat the people that's going to the restaurants across the street. That will be so many. So let the speaker be short-winded. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that what you guys were praying? Amen. Amen, everybody. Thank you, Chris. Hey, who has an Apple Watch in here? Anybody have an Apple Watch? A couple of you guys. Look at your neighbor if they have an Apple Watch and say, hey, can I try that out? Um, these things are great. I, I, I like having an Apple Watch. Um, except for the fact, has anybody ever been actually annoyed at Apple Watch wearers? Because now they're always like looking down at their wrist and you know they're not telling time. They don't have their phone out anymore when you're at lunch, but they're looking down. You're like, are you reading a text? Did you get a notification? What are you doing? And so they have their phones down. They think they're good. You know, they're so great, but they're constantly like. Or then the Apple Watch wearers that will actually talk to people on them. You ever met them? This is not a Bluetooth-like headset. I got to just demonstrate for all the non-Apple Watch wearers. Your phone rings, okay, and there's a little bitty baby speaker on it and a little baby microphone, and you can walk around like this. Hello? Hey, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, are you there? Anyways, that's the beauty of an Apple Watch. And the Apple Watch is amazing because it does a lot of things. In fact, um, the newest Apple Watches with the health edition and all of that, 
uh, they are making people feel like supreme rock star athletes. I mean, they tell you your heart rate, you can get, you know, Nike Plus on there. And if you're a runner, you know, it can track every step. It can GPS you. Your spouse can keep track of you. I mean, all of that good stuff on the Apple Watch. And so it really cares about you. It cares about the health of you. It cares about your well-being. And not only physically, but it also cares about you mentally because uh, a few years ago when the, the Apple Watch came out um, with its most recent edition, I don't know which edition it was, one through six, it came out with this update for mental health. And three times a day, your Apple Watch goes off and this little notification reminds you of this. It says, a minute of deep breathing can reduce your stress. And there's this little blue flower thing on it. If you have an Apple Watch, you've probably seen it. And it comes on at the most random of times. I actually don't know how Apple chooses when to turn your breathing exercise on and when it does not. Sometimes I feel like Apple is listening to me because I'll just finish yelling at my four-year-old telling him to pick up something and my Apple Watch will tell me to breathe. Just take a minute. Come on, you know that's true. They're listening to you. Some of you are like, man, my come on way more than three times a day. It's always on. You need to just breathe. Just take a deep breath. You're too stressed. But it comes on all the time. But a minimum of three times a day, it wants you to pay attention to your breath. What a random thing. Not everybody loves this. I saw a couple of people. One guy wrote this. If my Apple Watch tells me to breathe one more time, I'm going to take a hammer and smash it into pieces. Another one says, shut up, Apple Watch. I'm an adult. I can breathe whenever and however I want. Hashtag, you don't own me. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Technology, it owns us these days. I mean, it's, it's all about it. And so three times a day, it's like, hey, you, whoever you are, if you're wearing me, stop. Breathe. Take a minute. Focus on your breath. And if you choose to accept the challenge, you actually have to hit start. It says this, be still. Be still. And bring attention. Bring attention. Bring careful thought to your breath. And breathe. I want to ask some of you guys to do that right now in this moment. Be still. Just for a minute. Bring attention to your breath. Feel your body inhaling. Feel it exhaling. Now do that for one minute. No, just that's what it says to do. And breathe again. Why does this matter? Why am I talking about Apple Watch and breath? Because I really felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, pray for the church, not just this church, but the church. Pray for my people in this next season as you go into 21 days of prayer that they would breathe again. Because life, as I already mentioned, it has a way of taking, just taking the breath out of us. And often it starts slowly. Often we don't even realize the breath has came out of us until we're walking around and we're thinking, man, I just feel like I'm never gonna catch my breath. Have you ever been there? You're so busy. You're so, you know, rushing from place to place to place and life is chaotic, right? 
It's not like you're doing anything bad. You're just doing life, right? You're taking care of kids. You're taking care of your job. You're taking care of business. And there's just all this stuff that life will throw at you. And busyness isn't necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes we got to stay busy just to get stuff done, right? But we can get so busy sometimes that we stand back and we're just like, man, I'm never going to catch my breath. Man, I'm never going to catch a break. Or maybe you've said, I just feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm drowning under a sea of this paperwork at work. I feel like I'm drowning in my marriage. I feel like I'm drowning in all these things that I've got to do. And I just can't catch my breath. And, and for moments, we catch our breath. And we get them for a moment. And then it seems like the minute we turn around, something squeeze it, squeezes it out of us again. It's a phone call that we get. And we're like, ah. It tries to squeeze the breath out of us again. It's that moment at work with a coworker that something happens and then it just squeezes a little bit more. It's a tense moment with a spouse and you thought you had breath and now it just squeezes a little bit. It's a difficult situation with a family member. It's a, it's a decision or a series of decisions that you have to make at work and now you're just fatigued and it's just, it's just kind of squeezing. It happens so slowly. Sometimes we don't even realize it's happening. I read a story about snakes in the Amazon. How many people love snakes out there? Really? There was only one person in here. I'm sorry to single you out. I thought you would at least have a small group. I respect you a lot. I don't like snakes. I do like Moses. I run from them, you know. Um, but I, I'm not a big snake lover, but I was reading about snakes in the Amazon and boa constrictors because... I had this idea about just squeezing, right? And, you know, snakes, they'll wrap around you and they'll squeeze you. And so I started reading about it and I found something super fascinating about these Amazon pythons and boas. See, when they, when they go to attack their prey, they do. They coil up around them, right? And they begin to squeeze. But they don't just squeeze all the breath out of them immediately until they die. It's not like they just go coil up and then just like, and they're dead. No, it said something very fascinating about these, these snakes and how they begin to kill their prey, actually. That they wrap around their prey and then they begin to squeeze and every time they feel their prey exhale. So they squeeze and what happens? The prey goes, and every time the prey goes, they squeeze again. So it's this constant, And they do it over and over and over. What a slow, torturous death that every time the prey takes a breath, as soon as it feels like I'm catching my break, this is going to change. Things are going to get better. And they exhale just a little bit. And then, and some of you, that's how your life feels today. Some of you, you're in here and that's how your marriage feels today. You're in here and that's how it feels with family. That's how it feels with your walk with God. You're thinking about 21 days of prayer and you're like, every time I try to get close to God, every time I feel like I'm breathing again and catching my breath, like something comes back again and just squeezes me. So we walk around and and, and, and we, don't, we don't look like this or, or, or maybe sound like this, but internally, we're walking around like this. <gasps> 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 I 
mentally, our mental health, whether we realize it or not, hundreds of us, the people that you interact with, the people that you're, you know, at the job with, and they're just, (gasps) and it's time to breathe again. But the enemy, man, he wants to squeeze the life out of you. The enemy wants to come and be like that snake that wraps around you. And every time you get, you know, a little closer to God, and every time you think it's getting better, just squeeze you again. Isn't it true? First Peter says this, right, that he comes to devour you. There is a real enemy. He wants to steal kill, destroy, not only your hopes, not only your dreams, but he wants to destroy the breath of God in you. Anytime you see in scripture the word breath, it refers to Jesus, it refers to the wind of God, the Holy Spirit, pneuma, ruach, those things in us that wants to breathe into us. In Genesis chapter two, when God formed man out of the dust of the ground, what did he do? Then he put his breath into them. The breath of God matters, and so the enemy wants to destroy your breath. He wants to destroy that thing in you because he knows if he can destroy your breath, that he's got you. And so what happens is is the enemy squeezes you a little tighter. And when the enemy does that, several things I wrote down, I think, happen to you. When the enemy squeezes you tighter, you begin to doubt God. When the enemy squeezes you a little tighter, you begin to live in a place of fear. When the enemy squeezes you a little tighter, you can start feeling insecure. Isn't it crazy how the enemy wants to squeeze so tight students in our culture? Students are about to go back to school. Students are about to enter into a culture that's constantly fighting for them, that's constantly fighting for their breath. And this year, you're walking into it thinking, you know what, maybe this is the year where I can give my life to Christ and I can go for it. And I wanna tell you, you've got an enemy that as soon as you walk through the halls of those school, as soon as you get in day one, he's gonna wanna squeeze you. He's gonna wanna take the breath out of you. And the minute you start feeling insecure, the minute you start feeling less than, he's gonna squeeze again. And you've gotta know that's of the enemy. And those moments where you feel insecure, those moments where you start living in fear, those moments when you start doubting God for all of us, may it be like a reminder on our Apple Watch, slow down, breathe, pay attention to your breath. Breathe again. So that's where we are in our story. Ezekiel 37. God is going on a walk with Ezekiel and he takes him spiritually um, almost to this outer body experience. It's It's this valley that he takes him to that is full of dry bones. So God takes Ezekiel to this place of lifelessness. He takes Ezekiel to this place of emptiness. There's nothing attractive about it. It's full of death. And I can't help but to imagine Ezekiel is standing there wondering, why am I here? Why am I here, God? 
These are God's people that he's giving them a picture of. We mentioned that a minute ago in Ezekiel. Is standing there and God walks Ezekiel, the Bible says, back and forth through the valley. It said in verse number one, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me by the spirit and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of dry bones. And he led me back and forth. Back and forth. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. See, the reality is when we get to a place of, of needing to breathe again, it can dry some things up in us. See, without breath, we're nothing. We become a pile of dry bones. Without the Spirit breathing on you and breath coming in you, life starts to fade. And for a moment, I want you to imagine this morning the next 15 minutes that God is picking you up and God is taking you to a valley he's taking you to the valley of whatever your dry bones may be and we all have dry bones we all have places in our life that represent these dry bones and I don't know what these bones are for you I don't know what your dry bones are. But I do know that there is an enemy that wants you to have dryness in you. And so I want you to just imagine right now that God is taking you on a walk. And he's showing you dry bones. What are the dry bones that he's showing you? For some of you, it's hope deferred. It's the longing for a child that you've so desperately wanted to have, but your womb is still closed. For some of you, the dry bones is your marriage. For some of you, the dry bones is that dream that you had where the business would prosper and then 2020 happened and now you feel like you're surrounded by death. For some of you, it was a vacation you wish you could have went on last year and life happened and you found yourself at home isolated and it brought dryness to you. It put you in a place of depression, anxiety, and you just lost some hope. For some of you, the dry bones may be a phone call that you recently got about maybe your health or about something going on in your life. For some of you, the dry bones may be a child that is wayward, that is far from God, and you feel like, you know what, there's, there's no way they're coming back. We all have these dry bones. For some of us, it's, it's big issues in our life. For some of us, it may just be we doubt God. We feel insecure. We walk into a room and we think God's never going to use me. I could never stand on a stage like that. I could never tell anyone about Jesus. I, I, I could never worship like I saw people worshiping with hands lifted high because I don't even know if God loves me. I don't even know if God can, can use me because he knows what I did. He knows what happened last summer, last 
year, whatever. And we've got dry bones. And so what are they? And God has you right now walking you back and forth through this valley. And God looks at Ezekiel. Ezekiel looks at God as they stare at this valley of dry bones. And I can only imagine Ezekiel thinking, God, what are you going to do about it? God, you've put me here. What are you going to do about these dry bones? What are you going to do about my dry marriage? What are you going to do about the dryness? What are you going to do about the breathlessness? God, how are you going to fix it? And it's so interesting because God asks Ezekiel a question. And, and the Bible says that after Ezekiel walked through the valley of dry bones, that he looked at Ezekiel in verse number 3 and God said to him, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? I think it's a question that God is asking all of us today as you look at your dry bones. Can these bones live? See, with God, all things are possible. But I think, I think the question that God is asking today is, do you believe? Do you believe you can breathe again? Do you believe that you can have that dream back? Do you believe that the doubt that you've been carrying and the fear that you've been walking in and the shallowness and the emptiness and the loneliness, do you believe? Do you believe these bones can live again? I think it's a good question to ask ourselves, do we believe? And Ezekiel does, I think, what all of us probably would do and what many of us are probably doing even in this moment as we think about the question, can this, can this live? Can financial breakthrough happen? Can God still make that come true? Can my broken body be healed? Ezekiel kind of bats the question back to God and says, Sovereign Lord, you alone know He's kind of like, I don't know. You tell me. Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And so God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. You're going to see something happen. Ezekiel, I need your breath. Ezekiel, I put breath in your body. I'm the giver of breath. I formed you with breath. Without breath, you're just dry bones. So Ezekiel, I need your breath. Speak over the dryness. And as you speak, I'll add my breath to your breath. I'll add my life to what you say. But Ezekiel, I need you to speak into something that, that looks as though it's dead, that looks as though nothing could ever shift, that looks as though there's no way out, that looks as though it's dead, dead, and will always be dead. And Ezekiel, I need you to open your mouth. And today, I think God needs us to open our mouth. Needs us to open our mouth and dry situations and breathe again to speak life again I do not know what these bones are for you they could be 
your hopes. They could be your ministry. They could be your family. They could be your career. They could be friendships. They could be your mental health. We all have these bones, but you either look at them and you see you see death, or you look at them and you see possibility. And we all have to learn what God is telling Ezekiel, that in a world that feels hopeless, we can breathe on those things and breath can enter lifeless situations and breath can come to dead bones and breath can bring things that are dead back to life. What are you doing with your dry bones? See, I think the problem is some of us want to bury the things that God want to resurrect. Some of us want to bury the bones that God wants to bring life to. Some of us want to say, this is just my lot in life. You want to bury that thing and says, well, I'm just going to be insecure forever. I just want to bury it. I'm just going to get a divorce and I'm going to go find somebody else. I don't think there's no hope. I don't think there's any chance for God to move. I'm just going to believe the report that I got. I'm just going to get stuck in this career. And we just bury the dryness in us. But we serve a God that is a God of resurrection. Can I tell you, resurrection is not just Easter. Resurrection is not just a one day event, but resurrection is a thing that God wants to do in your life 365 days of a year. He wants to take every dry thing in your life. He wants to take every dry bone and breathe again, breathe again. We serve a God of resurrection. Verse number four, he said to him, prophesy to these bones. So prophesy first. If you have, you know, if you're the kind of person that needs points, here's your points. Point number one, prophesy to the dry areas. Speak life to the dry areas. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will make breath enter you, dry situation, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you, cover you with skin, and I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Today I'm believing that God will enter into us and breathe the breath of life to dry areas. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. Ezekiel looked over as he prophesied to the bones, and flesh began to appear. I mean, this is a creepy sight. Flesh began to appear. Tendons began to attach, and skin started covering them. But there was no breath on them. See, the first thing we have to do is we have to look at the bones and prophesy to them and say, dry areas come back to life. Dry areas, you will not stay that way. But see, the bones started growing flesh on them. I thought that would be a cool trick if we could make that happen right here. But these are from Amazon and they didn't sell that kind. They started growing flesh on them and getting put back together, sinews and tissues and 
all that stuff, and they begin to rattle. And so, so there was there was a there was a look of life on the bones, but they were still they were still breathless. There was some there was some hope again, but they were still without breath. They didn't look dead anymore, but but they were still just rattling, not walking, not a great army. God, I thought this was going to be a great army. That's just a bunch of rattling bones with skin on them now. And it's honestly a little weird, God. God said, well, I'm not done. The first thing is you do is you speak to dry bones come to life. But the second thing you do is you, you prophesy not to the bones, but you prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the bones come to life, but then prophesy to the breath. See, Ezekiel was prophesying to bones, but now God is saying prophesy to the breath. It's as if he was saying, Ezekiel, I can make things breathe again. It was the breath that breathed into bones. It was the breath that breathed into a body that was lifeless in Genesis 2 and then allowed it to stand. So he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Who is the breath? It is God. It is his spirit. So first, tell your situation you will not die. And second, look to God to give it life. Look to God to allow it to breathe again. He said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breathe. Today, that's what I'm prophesying over our church. God, I believe dead things can come to life, but we need your breath. And so come, breathe from the four winds. Breathe into these slains so that they may live. And as I prophesied, breath entered them, and they came to life, and they stood up as a vast army. He said, Son of man, these are the bones of the people of Israel prophesy and say to them that's hopes were gone that felt cut off this is what the sovereign Lord says my people I'm going to open your graves bring you up from them I'll bring you back to the land of Israel and you will know that I am the Lord and so come breath come come breath come may the spirit of God Fill you with something today that allows you to walk out of here knowing that God is not finished with you. God's not finished with you. Don't quit until you see an army rising up. Some of you, you've wanted to quit because the bones were rattling and you thought this is all that God had. There may be somebody in here today and You've been prophesying to things. You've been saying God's got this. And you felt a little movement, but there wasn't a lot of progress. You prophesied to the situation. Marriage, you will get better. I will have financial breakthrough. I will get my strength back. You've been prophesying to the bones, but now we need to take it a step forward. And over the next 21 days, as we come together in prayer, 
I think you need to now begin to prophesy to the breath. And you need to say, come four winds. Breathe on me again. Breathe on me again. So with nobody looking around, would you bow your heads all across this room? We're going to worship together here in just a second. We're going to worship. and Here's my prayer for you during this time of worship that as a church, you would just breathe again. That you would feel breath begin to enter your body again. That you would feel hope as you speak to the bones. Maybe you're in here today and you feel no hope in your situation. Maybe as we worship, the first thing that you need to do is speak to the situation, the bones, and say, no, you will live. And then as we sing this song, Fresh Wind, that you would say, may the wind of the Spirit now come. And just breathe on me again. Just breathe on me again. There's going to be a prayer team around the front as we worship together. And we'll wrap up service after this next song. And Host will come up to dismiss you, but maybe you just need prayer that God would breathe on you again. You can come down to the front. It's right here in the orchestra pit above the stage, but why don't you do this? Would you stand to your feet all across this room? Let's worship together, and let's just believe that God can speak to dry areas in our life.
Father, I pray you would seal what just happened in this moment. People would walk out of here with hope. They'd walk out of here ready to breathe again. You know, maybe you're in here today and you're far from God. I would be remiss not to give you an opportunity this morning to just enter into a relationship with him. The Bible says that anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, starting a relationship with God is really easy. It's recognizing that you're, without him, you're, you're, you're far from him. And the Bible says the wages of that, that thing, being far from him, him, sin, is death. But God loved us so much, this is the gospel, that he sent Jesus. He gave us Jesus. Jesus took those wages, the penalty that we deserve death. He died upon a cross for you and I to have everlasting life. And so today, if you've been far from God, the way to enter into a relationship with God is to just say, God, I repent. I'm sorry I've been doing life my own way. But today, God, I just received the work that you did for me on the cross. I received the fact that you came, died for me, and I call on your name. Remember, anyone that calls on the name of the Lord. And so it's simple. It's just saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. And you open up your mouth and you believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth, Jesus, you're Lord. I make you Lord of my life. And you shall be saved. And so with nobody looking around, so this is a private moment if you're in here today. And you would say, you know what, today's the day I need to give my life to Christ. Today's the day that I'm ready to say yes to him. I want to ask if you just slip up a hand at this time. I'd love to pray over you. I'd love to just, just lead you in a prayer, simply joining my faith with yours so you can enter into a relationship with God. And so I'm not going to count or do any of those things. If that's you, you're like, you know what, I've been far from God. I'm ready to live for him today. Would you just slip up a hand so I know who you are and I can pray with you? join my faith with yours. Thank you so much. Would you pray this with me, church? Heavenly Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would come into my heart today, that you would fill me with your breath. God, I pray you would save me. Make me brand new, God. Give me a hope. Give me a future. And God, I choose today to live for you all the days of my life. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for allowing me to live a life where dry bones can come to life. And God, I pray you breathe breath into me. In Jesus' name. And the whole church said amen. Hey, come on, let's celebrate with those that gave their life to Christ today. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.